Well, welcome to See Here Love. I'm your host, Melinda, and I am so excited about this very special show. Well, last year in 2020, in the summer, our See Here Love team got together and thought, how can we amplify more voices? We were coming up to season six, and we were saying that season six was about listening, learning, and amplifying. And the best way to amplify new voices was actually to do I guess it would be a contest, but it was more of an opportunity to kind of put it out there to take over my hosting chair. And the thing was, is that I didn't know if I should be offended that my team wanted to oust me out of the chair, or if it was more of a, no, actually, let's give people opportunity. So here is how the takeover happened. We sat around and the team said, let's open it up to Canadians and offer Melinda's chair to, I think it was two at first. And then, of course, we expanded to four because... There are so many great people that applied. We, we looked at through all the applications and we ended up with these four amazing people that are with me today. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce them and I can't wait for you to meet these extraordinary uh, men and women who are our takeover winners who will be doing hosting a show uh, this coming spring here on See Here Love. So let's start with Becky. Becky, Becky, who are you and why did you apply to take over my hosting chair? Oust me out. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I was hesitant because you do such a great job. And I thought there's no way I could possibly do this. And it was suggested by a friend. So I looked into it a bit more and realized that it was a great opportunity to um, learn a lot. And that kind of ties into who I am. Um, I'm a mom of four, I've got four boys. My husband, Sam, he's awesome, supportive, and I'm, I love learning and growing. It's part of who I've always been. I was an athlete pre-marriage and kids, and that was a lot of kind of learning and growing. And, uh, and so this has been something I've kind of started jumping into. I run a ministry online, um, and I write, and I've dabbled in some of that. And so this kind of seemed to be a next opportunity to try. Amazing. Becky, so excited to have you as part of the team and looking forward to your show coming up, what you're going to do. Amazing. So welcome. Blessing. Hi, hi, hi. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. And so, okay, Blessing, who are you and why did you apply for the takeover? Well, yeah, my name is Blessing Oluloto. Um, I'm a student at Redeemer University. I love researching. I yeah, I'm interested in learning about stories, what people's stories are, um, what motivates people, why are things the way they are, um, and how how do we come to be who we are here now? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's one of the driving factors in my life, just learning about stories and learning about the hands behind the scenes. So yeah. Exciting. Thank you, Blessing. Glad to have you with us. Mm -hmm. Addison. Good morning. Who are you, Addison? The, the one brave male on the all-female panel here. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel great. I feel great and excited. Um, great. Yeah, so my name's Addison, born and raised in Brampton, Ontario. I'm husband to Jen and father to Bella 6, Josiah 4. And uh, my wife is the one who encouraged me to do this contest. And I was like, um, it, it's looking for women. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think I qualify. I mean, it's 2020 at that time. It's 2021 now, but I'm like, I know, but well, so I threw my name in there and if I didn't win, I wouldn't feel bad because 
you weren't who I was looking for. And then I was one of the four. Uh, and so you applied because your wife encouraged you. Way to go, wife. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Love that. Addison, welcome. I'm so glad. I mean, and it's a nice balance to have um, a male on the, on the team. And that was something that our team decided too, because it was like, yeah, we were looking for two women. And then as we were looking through all the applications, there were such, uh, so many amazing people that of course I'm like, let's expand it to three. And then we saw your application. We're like, oh my goodness. Okay. We got to bring them in. So we just sort of like broke all of our own rules and that's why you're here. So we are rule breakers. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was yes. too. Jesus was too. He wanted to break the system. So we're there just we go. living it out. Okay. So we're being like Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. All right, Karen, welcome. Now, Karen, I love that you're you're here because we need some good experience, mature thought, except you are very young at heart, but you are our most mature on the panel, if I can say that. <laughs> Definitely most mature for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am a child of God, a daughter of the Most High King. Mm -hmm. I am a wife to an amazing husband that I have been married to for 45 years this year, a mom to a daughter, Dana, a, a mom to um, a son, Marty, a mother-in-law to Alex, and a wannabe mother-in-law to a wonderful <laughs> man named Karen. And spoken like a true grandmother, we have the most amazing, smart, talented grandchildren, Mason six and Anna three, and I come from a family of five girls, which wow. my dad was trying very hard to have one, a son, as you can tell, but he was going to lose his place at the supper table and decided to quit. And from that table, we grew to a family of 46. So family is a very important uh, part of my life. So I love doing new things too. So that's why I was uh, uh, deciding to, to go into this um, contest. And I was blessed to be a part of a women's group that brought Melinda so to a, our area. So I uh, really wanted to, to be able to work with her again and meet the See Your Love team and a blessing and so much fun. And, you know, I just thought, you know, why not me? Why, why don't I try? And I'm so glad I did because I won. <laughs> Yay! Well, congratulations, all of you. Um, and it really brings joy to me. Like, I think as a host and doing this for so many years, it's so... It really is great to allow other voices to come in. And I, I want to ask you this question, which wasn't in my list of questions to you, but I, I don't get don't get nervous. You know, some of you have mentioned about the importance of stories and storytelling. I want to hear more about that because that's really the heartbeat of See Here Love, you know, to tell people they're seen, heard and loved by God, but also to share stories. So I want to ask you. I was blessing you mentioned that why are stories so important why why is storytelling so important for you um and and that you will be sharing stories when you do host the show i want to hear about that because i think stories are so key uh, even more now to to hear and to share yeah i think stories are the best medium to communicate nuances between people um, we all, we're all human, we all share our humanity, but sometimes, um, I guess, circumstances or even language put barriers between the connection that we all share, um, and I think stories is, is a way to breach into each other's hearts and hear and really know and see a person, um, 
yeah, so I, and also I just like to be entertained. I don't know, I love, I just love hearing stories. I love, yeah, the nuances and power behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. Becky, what about you? The importance of stories and storytelling. Yeah, I think, um, I think our personal stories and sharing our stories does a lot. It's something we've actually started practicing in the women's ministry at my church. So we get together every once in a while and we have a few people stand up, bold, courageous women who you may not know. You see every day on a Sunday or every week on a Sunday, but you don't really know their stories. And they share what God has done in their life, their personal stories of encountering him. And those are my favorite days because what it does is it breaks down uh, walls. We kind of create narratives that we think about other people. And so when we're vulnerable and share stories, it it just brings some reality, but it also brings so much encouragement because when people hear you share your story and they can see themselves in your story, maybe they're not as advanced as you are in your path and they're kind of at the beginning, they can see okay, God showed up for you. He's going to show up for me too. And it just contributes to that whole encouragement. And it's biblical. Like we hear about the Samaritan woman, Jesus tells him or tells her who he is. They have this encounter and her testimony ends up changing an entire city. It's not her going and telling, you know, all these theological things. She shared her encounter, her story, Mm -hmm. and that pointed them to Jesus and they were all saved. And I think that is the power of story. It changes hearts. Amazing. It's great. Addison, for you, story, um, our story. Yeah, story is part of our DNA and my, part of our makeup. Um, to echo Becky, and she was talking about biblical and Samaritan, the New Testament. I mean, we go all the way to the, the Old Testament in that in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth and the accounts that we see of Genesis, Exodus, and, you know, that's stories. It was oral stories at first that Moses actually put down into text. And so it's really in our DNA to understand who we are based on who God is. And it's through story, history, his story. Um, that That is why I believe it's really important. It's mm, good. Thank you. Karen, for you, the power of story. Short and sweet to it is the whole essence of, of there's nothing we can, we can, go with all kinds of different stories that we can that we can read in the Bible or we could um, tell different stories, but there's nothing like when someone actually talks about how the Lord has changed their life. You can't, you can't argue with that. You can't argue how, you know, my life has been changed by God. You can't argue that because it's my story. And it, I know how the Lord has changed my life and I know how he can change others' lives as well. It's mm, good. I love that. Those are great. And, and I agree. I think, you know, when I sort of started this work and I was like, you know, I want to be a storyteller, I saw the power of it because I started sharing my story. When I was encouraged by some leaders to step out and share my story for the first time, I was terrified. You know, I have, I have years of being a prodigal daughter, running away from God, making really bad choices in my life. And then watching God redeem my life and where he has brought me. Uh, I remember being terrified because I didn't want to be judged, right? Because you're always afraid that if you share your story, it's out there. And then people are going to judge you and make assumptions about you. It's, it's terrifying. And yet, I remember God really clearly saying to me, well, don't worry about that. I've got that. You just need to share your story because I want to use your story to help heal and ensure that people aren't alone. And as soon as I shared my story, it was like people were coming up going, I've been there. I thought I was the only one. 
I thought I was the only one who went through that. I thought I was the only one who felt that guilty about that or had that regret and realized that stories open up, you know, a sense of community, connection, healing, um, a sense of even just who God is. And so I've always thought the power of story is so key and we need to do that more, share our stories more uh, so that others will be encouraged. And honestly, for me, it's so that they will know Jesus. I mean, I couldn't do my life without him. So I, I, I love what you all said. Now, speaking of Jesus, I'm always fascinated. And I love asking this question about why Jesus. So out of all the different religions and all the people we could follow, a religion that we could be a part of, why do you follow Jesus? So Addison, I want to start with you. Because I think it's important in a, in a world where there's a lot of information coming at the next generation. There's a lot of pick and choose and make our own, you know, kind of religion. Why Jesus for you? Well, for me, I could go back to high school. And this was the first time that I heard Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if, if everyone's familiar with that, it's a theory of human motivation that describes the lower end of human uh, need being food, clothing, and shelter, and then security, safety, self-esteem, and self-actualization. So in high school, I heard that only 2% of people reach self-actualization. And that's such a big word for a high schooler and like, oh, wow, I could self-discover myself and my personal growth and my personal purpose and basically self-actualization. Only 2% of people supposedly get there in which you understand your purpose, your mission, and your passions in life. Now, in high school, what did that mean for me? I, I was already split. On one end, I grew up in the church and I wanted to follow Jesus. The problem was at that time, I only, I still had a works righteousness idea of salvation. I didn't understand who Jesus was completely at that point. I didn't understand that Jesus had already died for my sins. And so I thought I had to save myself. Um, and so I didn't think I would make it to heaven. And as such, I thought, well, I'm going to live my best life now. I am going to be my God now. <laughs> if I'm going to, if I only have YOLO, which is you only live once, I totally bought into that. Um, I'm going to live for my life now. And um, long story short, got into university. Um, I, the plan was to go into law school. So I did social work to get into law school so that I could make the money to make me happy to live my life now. There was a tipping point in which I couldn't keep up with this double life, really, this, this double mask. I couldn't, I couldn't live for God and live for myself at the same time. I was basically a weekend Christian in that during the weekend, I would lead worship on the worship team and sing worship songs. But during the weekday, I would sing the lyrics to my own song. Um, at the end of the day, I've come to realize that it's not about self-actualization, but rather it's about God-actualization. That I can't understand myself if I don't understand God, because we were created in God's image. Oh, my cat just jumped on the table. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Hey, it's Chris, friend of See, Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See, Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, um, if you're listening on the podcast here, my cat just jumped right in front of me. <laughs> that is the best I've ever seen. <laughs> 
She's either really into the Jesus talk or the enemy is letting you distract me. <laughs> Behind me, Satan. <laughs> um, so yes, life, I believe, is about God actualization. And that once we understand who God is, then we could understand who we are. Because at the end of the day, I think that a lot of struggles that we have in this time are identity issues, yeah. our identity problems. And if we try to find anything but God, um, in our identity, then we will continue to have these problems. Mm. So that's why God. God actualization. Yeah, that's good. I haven't heard that before, Addison. So that's that was really cool. And I think for people who are into self-actualization and who are trying to, to reach that, I think what you just said, I think is going to give them a, a, some pause to say, whoa, wait a second. That's great. Thank you. Blessing for you. Why Jesus? Why do you follow him? Yeah, I was just thinking about it and it's making me cheer up. <laughs> but um, yeah, what Jesus to me is just so fascinating. He's the only one that is perfect God and perfect man. And so that means at one end, he's able to reach God. And then at the other end, he's able to sympathize and understand man and understand who we are and our struggles um, God without Jesus couldn't interact with us as people. Um, in fact, he has wrath <laughs> towards people because of our sin. Um, but Jesus is, yeah, the ideal <laughs> in-betweener. Um, and when um, our faith gets deconstructed or we find ourselves in the pit of confusion, doubt, uh, and just despair or attack, He's the high priest who is the one that sympathizes with all our weaknesses and he understands what we're going through and he's not going to leave. Like that's the beauty to me. Um, yeah. Cause recently these past three years, my faith has really taken a blow, like a theological blow, just, I guess from studying stuff at school, it's really made me question, okay, what is this guy like? Who is this um, faith, uh, God I'm following and why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, but through it all, through the doubt and darkness, just that constant love, like, I know you, I see you, uh, I'm here for you. And yeah, I'm going to fight for you and I'm going to, I've carried your sin for you. Um, and I, I've won, I'm victorious. Like nothing on earth can stop me from carrying you in sustaining you um and i just yeah that's jesus for me like he is the ideal in between the one that says to god on blessings behalf i want to say please forgive her on blessings behalf i want to say protect her um, and that's just such a beautiful thing to me yeah wow blessing i love that you know for a lot of university students and people who study i've heard that where as you study, it sometimes gets harder to kind of connect with God and Jesus because you're you're thinking very, you know, sort of logically, sort of academically, and you and you're trying to schools about like really trying to make sense of things and this equals this and then there's this. And I think what you just said is really encouraging for a lot of students and and not just students, but people who are deconstructing or have questions or their faith has taken a blow because of things that they've learned. Mm -hmm. And I think that in betweener that he's for us and he's with it. It's beautiful. 
it's a good reminder because sometimes even as being a Christian for a long time, you forget, you kind of got to go on your own abilities and your own successes or financial successes. And then you don't really feel like you need God or that you need a protector or provider or someone, right? Because you're kind of your own God is what Addison was saying. And that was beautiful. Thank you for your honesty about that. That was fantastic. Thank you. Karen, for you, why Jesus? Question here for me is more like, why not Jesus? Yeah. Why would we not want to follow Jesus? Why would we not want to be loved by God so deeply, like no one else will ever love us the same? And he loves us just the way we are. So once you truly give the Lord lordship over everything in your life and look for him to be in control, not you, it is just so freeing. You know, I so want to walk with him so closely, showing all the fruits of the spirit that are found in Galatians 5, you know, 22 and 23, especially the love and the joy and the peace. When I sit down to pray and sense his presence and feel his peace, it totally exceeds anything we can understand in our human understanding. It's just so amazingly beautiful. Wow. So why not? So the question is, maybe I should have rephrased that instead of saying, why, <laughs> Jesus, like, why not Jesus? Make the assumption that of course, of course you'd want to follow him. That's really awesome. I love that. So why not him? Yeah, I like that. Thank you for that. That's, that's wonderful. It's beautiful. Becky, for you? Um, you know, I, I, ever since I could remember when I was little, I've had like a tenderness toward Jesus. Like there's been like an acknowledgement that he was there and I grew up in a Christian home. So I think that was probably natural in learning that from my house. But, um, I just remember different instances where it was like, I could feel him, like there was a presence mm -hmm. and I'm sure over the years growing up, there were many times I did not appreciate <laughs> what he actually saved me from and, um, understood the depth of who Jesus was and what he had done for me. And so that kind of became in my older ages after high school, something that I really started to dive into a little bit more. Um, so the tenderness has always been there. That's kind of been the anchor. And I would say that's the Holy spirit, just trusting that um, he's present in my heart and my life. And there's a peace that comes with that. And I think whenever I try to um, I wouldn't say try whenever I, you know, kind of veer off and try and do things on my own, get distracted, I lose that peace. And so when I anchor myself back, when I come back to Jesus and making him center, um, the peace is there. And I think without that peace, um, I would be very lost. It would be very hard to get through a lot. And so, um, I mean, there's many, many reasons why Jesus, but I would say just having that um, presence of him in my life, in my heart, no matter the circumstances, um, is significant to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I, you know, people ask me that. Thank you all for that. People ask me that all the time. Why Jesus for me? Um, here's the thing, I, you know, and this is my own personal story and experience. I have always known Jesus, you know, ad adopted into a missionary family. You're kind of like, basically like brought in into Jesus and, and his life. But it was interesting. I never, even when I was the prodigal, even when I ran away from him in my teen years and even in my early twenties and thought partying and clubs and guys was going to be the thing that were going to make me happy. Uh, there was always this 
presence of him, you know, Becky, like I could never get away from him. <laughs> he was always there. And at the back of my mind, even when I was like at the clubs and making bad decisions, I, I would literally hear him say, Mel, there's something better for you. Mel, don't do it. Like I, I would hear him. I could feel him. And it was this sense of, I have something better for you, which was really interesting because even in my time of prodigal, I never went to extreme because there was always something that kind of held me back where I couldn't kind of like step over the cliff too much. Cause I, I could feel his presence. Like it was like, he was keeping me from going too far and I could never shake it. I've always had this deep connection. I hear from him. I write prayers of him and I would say my life, some people go, Oh, but Melinda, that's just coincidence. That's just good luck. I'm like, no, my life is so much about the faithfulness of Jesus. So many things I can't explain that are, that are really supernatural and why I'm here. And so I get that. I mean, I say that why Jesus, I have known his love. I've seen his love, his protection. I've seen prayers answered. I've seen prayers not answered, but I've in those times I have felt his presence helping me to get through circumstances that I, that I prayed for and it ended up differently. Like, you know what I mean? So I love all that you have said, all of you, I think, those are beautiful uh, testaments of your relationship with him. Um, it does make me teary blessing because some, I wonder as, as Jesus is listening, how he feels about you all. Like I wonder when he looks as we have chosen to be in relationship with him, I just wonder that I'm sure Jesus' heart bursts for us. And so I think that's beautiful. So thank you for sharing, sharing that. In that, as we sort of close up our time, this may be hard, but I want us to leave with what is one thing that you have really sort of like taken in your life that has helped you? A saying, a phrase, a verse, a truth, a moment that would encourage our viewers and listeners today as they are feeling possibly discouraged and lonely, at a loss, stressed out, just hopeless, what can you leave them with? What takeaway can you leave them with? Karen, let's start with you. I think that I would want everyone to be encouraged to the thought of to hold God's hand and walk with him and trust him. I know he's stretching us lately, but we need to have a, a whole new level of trust. He never said our walk would be easy, but he did promise that he'd walk with us. So I love the illustration of the tapestry, just to explain, it's a piece of beautiful fat picture that is done by weaving colored threads. So if you really think about that, on this side of heaven, we stand living behind the tapestry. We see all the knotted ends and the frayed edges, and it's really not very nice to look at. But the underside has painful experiences too, as well. And God's purposes are just so unclear to us. But imagine if we can look around, just to look around to the other side, we could see God doing something so beautiful. So we need to look at the beautiful sunrises and the sunsets that we've been seeing that are painted by the master's hand. And so, as I said, hold God's hand and trust. And remember, faith is always much stronger than fear. Mm. Faith is always much stronger than fear. And I love the imagery of the tapestry. I love that. I've always loved that. Karen, where you look at the back and it's like a mess and knots. And I, and I've seen that I'm like, Oh, that does not look pretty at all. It doesn't even make sense because 
I mean, I'm not a knitter or a sewer or anything like that, but it's funny how you can see them kind of crisscrossing. They don't make sense, but somehow when you do turn it around, there it is. I, I love that imagery that we may not see it or make sense of it, but God has the plan and the masterpiece there for us. Beautiful picture. Thank you for that takeaway encouragement, Karen. Appreciate that. Blessing for you. What would you leave our viewers and listeners with as a takeaway today? Well, I have two. Okay, <laughs> so, <right. laughs> um, yeah, I think the first one would be um, God is not swayed or stunned at bad things or struggle or imperfection. I guess in the same way you wouldn't expect a three-year-old to be able to pick up a barbell, um, but you can because you're strong enough to and it doesn't really sway you that much. I think that's how God views um, our challenges. Um, so when we are yeah, under the weight of all the doubt, disappointment, fear, um, just know that God stands, Jesus stands with his shoulders broad and strong to take it. And when you look at stories like Joseph, God was not swayed by the fact that he was in a well. <laughs> he was not swayed by the fact that he was a slave. Um, and yet he still spoke to him and he still put him in situations where communion was was common and flowing between them. And so just realizing that God's not bothered well, he is, but he, he, that doesn't stop him from reaching to you. Um, and then the second thing would be, yeah, bread and water, the basics. is They're so essential. The gospel, why God saved us, who God is, um, the power of redemption. Those things are just, yeah, bread and butter, bread and water. And when we look at um, the prophet Elijah, uh, when he was running away from uh, Queen Jezebel, I think, <laughs> I don't quote me on that but he was running away from his enemies and grew weary um, and sat under a juniper tree low-key waiting to die and the Lord sent ravens to give him bread to eat and then he sent an angel saying uh, get up and eat because you'll need the energy to run and continue this journey um, and so yeah I think for this year 2020 was rough but as we're moving into 2021 it's not going to be easy. There's going to be new challenges, but we have bread and water. Um, and we have the Lord saying, you can do it. And my shoulders are broad enough to take whatever you can't. Yeah. So, yeah. Great picture. Thank you for that. Bread and water. And I can, I visually saw like Jesus shoulders broad. So when we're weary and we can't do it, it's like, he's like, yeah, my shoulders are broad to carry it. Yeah, I love that. Thank you, Blessing, so much. Addison, your takeaway for us today? Remember who we are in Jesus. Um, he's a piggyback off the last thing I was talking about is our identity. And a lot of lab other labels could be put on, on front of our foreheads. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably doing something at the same time, whether you're driving the car or you're working out, doing some chores or working from home. There's all these things that we're doing but remember that we were created as human beings, not human doings, and that we were created in God's image to be in relationship with him and to understand who we are in him. And then everything else flows out from that. And so if we're feeling overwhelmed, 
feeling discouraged. A lot of times, sometimes we have a lot of things on our table uh, to, to, to do. And there's a lot of things that we need to carry. But if we really break it down and be like, wait, who am I called to be? And what things do I need to do than what are necessary? And what are things that are, that are not? And I just want to encourage you know, going through that process to take some things off the plate and things that you could bring to Jesus, bring to Jesus and things that you could change, change them. And if you can't, then don't. Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. That's actually, I love that. I've heard that before too, but I always was like, oh, cause I'm a doer, you know, doing equal equals value and <laughs> validity and production. And I love Addison, that reminder that it's being, like you could do nothing and, and Jesus continues to love you, right? You could not produce anything or be productive in a culture and society that that production equals value, right? Right. We live in a culture that super inflates um, the doing. Even as children, right. we're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And which really is an occupational question because what we do as an occupation is who we are, right? And so as adults... We introduce ourselves with, hi, what's your name? What do you do? And if you're not working, then you're a student working towards something. And yet again, our doing is our being. And then in retirement, we describe ourselves as what we used to do, what we formerly used to do. Hi, my name is Addison and I am a retired fill in the blank. And so in our culture, we're just very hyper. uh, We're just really focused on the doing and we forget. We don't take any of these things to the grave. Right. So this year it's about being. <laughs> I love that. That's a great reminder. Thank you. And Becky, for you, your takeaway? Yeah, it kind of piggybacks on everyone else's, which is really neat. I think, I mean, the word expectant comes to mind. I think, um, you know, podcasts are awesome. Sermons are awesome. Books are awesome. All these things are great. Nothing replaces the word of God. And when we read our scripture with an expectancy, God reveals stuff to us. And those are the things that, that last and stick with us. If you've ever had a revelation or an epiphany, you remember that beyond anything you've ever read in a book, because it has to also do with your insights, right? It's also tied to emotion. And I think sometimes we think those revelations are reserved for the pastors and the teachers, um, but they're not. And ever since like this last year, there has been this pressing on my heart of get into scripture, know the word of God, because he has a revelation. He has more than one revelation for all of us who read his word, sit before him and listen. And those revelations, they change us. They change our hearts. They change our behaviors. um, And those are what carry us through. And they anchor us when everything else is kind of going a little bit bananas. And I think just knowing that I can be expectant when I read the word of God, that he has something for me, um, not just to do, um, but about who he is, about who I am and about the hope that he offers. And that has been the significant source of life and growth for me over the last year, even though everything has kind of caved in, I've actually found it the most life-giving year because I've spent more time in scripture with an expectant heart than ever before. So that's what I would say, no matter what stage you're at, if you are seeking, if you are, uh, if you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe you have leaned really heavily on the teaching of other people and haven't actually learned how to read the Bible um, for yourself. 
try that this year. Like maybe that's a new thing you can try and have that expectant heart. Scripture says we can go boldly before the Lord into his throne room. And I think there's nothing wrong with coming to God with great hopes, great expectations. And as always, he shows up. He doesn't let us down. Mm, I love that. Well, this was a really rich time for me. I am so excited to to be a part and see and mentor you as you all host a see here love show coming soon. I think the beautiful part of this is I was listening to you for is that you're all very unique and very different. And yet Jesus brings us together. Like our, our commitment and our choice to follow him, bring us together. And that's what I love about this whole you know, kingdom of God, family of God is that you can bring four strangers pretty much together five uh and somehow it's this beautiful connection there's an immediate like love and honor uh and value that we see in one another and i i think that's part of you know when i talk about why i follow jesus too one of the things i say to to friends and people who ask me all the time i'm like there's this thing called like the family of god like this family that I can't explain that's just there that gets me that I can chat with who understands is on the journey and I am so excited now to call you new friends that we can be on this journey with and thank you so much for your lives your stories what you shared today and I know it is going to be a great encouragement to uh, our viewers and listeners and to you our viewers and listeners we always end the show with this promise and it doesn't change as we go into the new year of 2021 the promise still remains the same and it's this know that as you go into 2021 as you face more difficult circumstances and struggles as you live out your life with your family at home and your spouse becomes your and remains your colleague and you just don't know what's going to happen the next day know this promise that you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved by God. See you later. Bye-bye. See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.